0: Welcome everyone to this conversation with Jessie Bushman. Today we're going to meet Jessie and we'll talk about how she's using reading conversations to grow real readers. And then we're going to wrap up by letting you know what's coming soon for the literal webinar series and give you some more information about that. I cannot wait to get started. I got to have a little bit of a pre-conversation with Jessie and I know what's ahead of us and I'm really excited. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Jessie, thanks for being here today. Thank you. So Jessie is quite accomplished. She has over 15 years of experience as an ELA educator, English language arts educator, and her natural curiosity and love for learning has inspired her to also earn endorsements in history, gifted and talented, and education technology. And as the gifted education and services advocate and PLC coaches our school, she's dedicated herself to improving equity, not just in her own classroom, but in all classrooms throughout the school and district where she teaches. And in the short time I've known Jessie, I've already really seen that shining through. She believes that teachers can help students overcome the most difficult personal circumstances by mastering the art of student engagement, motivation and differentiation. She has a BA in English from Utah Valley University and a Master's in Education in Instructional Design from Western Governors University. And Jesse, I don't know if you know this, but we share that degree and that alma mater, so. Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad that you're here. And many people are gonna be listening in either live here with us now or watching the recording that are preparing for summer school or for an uncharted school year next year and many teachers are looking for ways to help their students connect again and get everyone back on track as real, engaged, active readers. And when we talked ahead of our time together today, it really struck me how much you really light up when you talk about getting students engaged in their reading. So can you just start out by telling us a little bit about how you
1: think about those issues and why they're such a big deal to you? Oh, absolutely. I love reading conversations. And I think one of the reasons that they're so important to me is because of how much kids come alive when they get to start talking about what they're thinking about and what they're reading about. And that's really when they start to become actual readers. They're not just reading what you told them to read and talking about what you told them to talk about, but actually engaging with each other and truly engaging with the texts in ways that make them want to keep reading and become lifelong readers.
0: When we talked earlier, you were mentioning that oftentimes we want that to be a really linear process, a nice, neat, defined process of standards, but it's really not so much that and you were sharing with me how important it is to really know what your kids are thinking about. Can you talk some more about
1: that? Yeah, I have found uh, that it can be frustrating being a reading teacher because we're trying to get kids to become better readers and we wanna rely on data for that and we wanna have a clear path of how we're going to get them there. And reading's just not, it's not very linear. It's not discrete skills. It's very interconnected web of skills that can be messy and a beast to handle, but but it's a beautiful process that allows for uh, so much freedom of kids being able to follow what their interests are and develop at their own pace but it means that we really have to build in a lot more differentiation than some other subjects mm-hmm. do and have to be free to do different things with uh the make the maybe that content awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah linear yeah. your process And this idea that, you know, being able to express what they're thinking about and using conversations about literature to do that, it just seems like such a high level skill. But quotes like this by Carol Jago where she is really tying this idea of a hunger to talk about what they're thinking to an appetite for reading and I think what we're going to talk about today these reading discussions are maybe helping them to understand that those things are connected and and that reading isn't just this linear process of what did we used to call them DLR exercises we did at the beginning of class <laughs> right there's more than that in the world Yes, absolutely. We also talked about, you You alluded to the fact that there is this pressure to do things a, a particular way and, and there are important standards and guardrails, I guess you could say, for a reason, because we wanna make sure kids have an, an equitable education. But I loved this quote you shared with us because it removes some of that fear that maybe I'm gonna screw it up or do it wrong. Can you talk a little bit about what this means to you and how it applies to what we're gonna talk
1: about? Right, right. And we we know that we have to have class texts where we're all reading the same thing and yeah, like you said, we're we're practicing specific skills and we're doing it all together. But we also have to give kids an opportunity to read the books that they choose and and differentiate which skills they're working on based on the text that they're looking at, and we—that discussion element—is really the part that is so essential. Like I think, as English teachers, we all know that they have to be reading, they have to be writing, and and we can sometimes think we're hitting that discussion piece because we had a class discussion and six kids commented. Um, but they have to be talking about uh, what they're thinking and what they're learning in order to. To progress and to learn and so making sure that every kid is talking every single day has become like a really essential part of my teaching every single day every single kid needs to read they need to write and they need to discuss.
0: That sounds
1: really intimidating.
0: It's been a while since I've been in the classroom and I imagine we're gonna have some teachers here who are new to the classroom. And we're really looking to teachers like you with 15 years of experience and a lot of great education to give us some training wheels to help us to implement this in a way that's maybe not overwhelming until we perfect it. I loved these four routine steps that you shared with us: set an intention, read, discuss, and share. So, can you talk us through what that actually looks like in your classroom?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Every day, I start my class with reading time, um, where they get to the students get to read something of their own choice, but. know that just giving kids time to read or just giving them time to talk is not enough. That to truly get them to engage, they need to have purpose for what they're doing. So before we start reading, we set a purpose. I say, okay, so as you're reading today, I want you to think about the way the author is uh, describing the setting and how does the description of the setting affect or relate to the mood that the character may be feeling. And I try to keep that, that opening purpose intention. That's not a lesson, that's just a quick, like two minute chat about some aspect of reading that I want them to know about and then to pay attention to as they're reading. And then uh, we take 15 minutes to 20 minutes to just spend some time reading and, and paying attention to that thing. This is when they get to read uh, the book that they've chosen.
0: So you don't necessarily know the answer to the question or the intention that you're asking them.
1: Right, yeah, I definitely don't. <laughs> and then at the end of the reading time, I, we make sure that we take time to discuss. So I say, all right, turn to the person next to you or turn to your group, you know, kind of try to vary it and tell them what you noticed and give them a chance to just say, okay, well, I noticed this was going on. I tr- and I asked them to try to uh, point out a specific like sentence or line in their book to share with their partner so that they're really you know, with it. And then they really, they need modeling. Like so many of these kids are not c- comfortable or used to talking about what they're reading. So as they're discussing, I will go join a group or a partnership and join in their conversation and talk to them about what I'm reading and ask them questions about what they're saying and it's a great great chance to really connect with my students on a more one-on-one basis because I learn a lot about them from what they're reading and from what they connect with and attach to in what they're reading.
0: Wow, and this really ties into that earlier quote that you mentioned about how much it matters that students feel connected and curious as part of that reading experience, and this seems like a really concrete way to develop that.
1: Yeah, and then we talk for, I don't know, like depending on the size of the group, just three or four minutes. Uh, And then we take a minute as a whole class to come back together and do a little bit of just sharing out. I choose to pull popsicle sticks and I have my desks numbered and so if I pull the popsicle stick with your desk's number on it, I would ask that student to share with me what their partner told them about the book that they're reading. And. that throws them off a little at the beginning of the year because they're used to sharing what they're thinking. But having them share what their partner told them helps them to be a better listener. (laughs) Students very often will talk at each other and not to each other, and that doesn't create a good conversation. So having them report on what their partner said helps them listen a little better, which then leads them to engage more and ask follow-up questions and such. Just
0: thinking of the classrooms that I've been able to sit in on, sometimes even with that guidance kids are still struggling to share and you mentioned you go around and you sit with the groups. Do you also participate in the discussion if it stalls or do you let them just work it out?
1: No, I don't want this to feel like they're performing. This, I try to make this part of the class especially just be as as natural and comfortable as possible, it's really about creating a culture, a reading culture, where we talk about books and we read and there's more focus on what they're interested in and such. So if it stalls, you know, I will ask questions or talk to them about, like I said, what I'm reading to kind of model how I would talk about whatever the intention is. And that that usually helps loosen them up a little and build a little confidence.
0: And you're do doing this every day. And when you and I talked about this a little bit, I I wondered how that actually plays out. And you mentioned it's really important to add variety. And so you shared with us here some ideas of how to add variety so that those conversations stay natural and stay fluid after you've got them trained on how they should happen. Can you talk a little bit about
1: how you decide to introduce variety and and when you do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's always the balance with teaching is that you have to have a routine that the kids feel comfortable with. They know what to expect because too much chaos and it can be panic-inducing for some kids. But yeah, if it's the exact same thing every day, you also will lose them. Mm. So I try to make sure that there's variety every day and kind of look at each part of the routine and see how I can add in some variety. So. Most of the variety comes in with the reading purpose. I do a different reading purpose every single day and I'll do a cluster of purposes so that they are staying in the same realm but different. So I will spend a week or two focusing on characters and characterization before we move on to setting or something. Sometimes it's completely disconnected and sometimes it's I'm drawing from it. So sometimes It'll be tied to what skills we're working on. I tend to be focusing on more a heavy reading unit or a writing unit. So sometimes when we're in a writing unit, we're focusing on what the writer is doing and how they could be incorporating that in their own writing. Like how is the reader or the writer Grabbing your attention, or if we're doing a more thematic unit, I'll ask them to look for things that uh, are more tied to that theme. So if we're if we're talking about injustice, or if we're talking about identity, then I ask them to look at how is how are you seeing that in your book? How are you seeing examples of unfairness, or how people feel about themselves? How does how would your character? Uh, describe themselves or say who they are as a person. I also like to vary the way that I have them discuss or respond after reading. So we don't just turn and talk every single day because even that can get redundant. Some days we do an online discussion. We use Canvas, but there are other discussion boards and I'll post what what was the reading purpose. And then each student has to respond in writing that day, but then we, uh, they have to also read other students and respond to other students so they're having an online discussion. And sometimes I will mix in video because I there are days when I really want to hear what every single student has to say and there's not time for that. And so I will have them, I'll use Flipgrid or Canvas, some of these programs to have them just record themselves talking about with their partner about their book and then I can go through and hear all of the conversations after the fact and that that can be really fun. And I would also imagine current
0: events might affect that. I'm listening to the way that you're describing students doing a text to world exploration and I would imagine that can affect how these uh, routines go.
1: Yeah yeah I try to Be mindful of major events that are going on or even just like holidays. Oh, hey, it's Halloween, so today let's talk about suspense, you know? One of the ways that that authors create suspense is through conflict, so, you know, pay attention. What's the biggest conflict in your book and how is the author showing that? Something along those lines. (laughs) It it sounds so doable, like you give us the framework and these
0: ideas or how to mix it up a little bit. It feels really doable, even in a summer school classroom where you might be seeing different kids every day since it's not locked into a unit or connected to any sort of concrete structure that has to be completed. This feels like something you could really do to build uh, rapport with your kids and, and really teach them to sink into what they're reading. Having been in education a long time, the next question that we're gonna get is, how do you know if it's working? And <laughs> When you and I had spoken about this previously, your answer was interesting and enlightening, and I am excited to have you share it here and, and hopefully talk a little bit more about it. I've got this quote up here from Engagement by Design, and tell us a little bit about how do you know it's working.
1: I, I'm a very data-driven teacher, and I really value data. And so it was a hard shift for me at first because I wanted accountability. I wanted to have some way to know that they had read and that they were reporting on their reading, but it, it can get in the way of uh, the natural flow and the passion if there's too much accountability. And so I, I have the discussion at the end where I'm pulling them in and randomly calling. So there's some expectation, but I don't, I don't have specific like grading, quizzes, things like that, tied to their individual reading. So I do, I have to be creative with how I am determining if it's working. And I do that by by paying attention to the atmosphere and the culture of the classroom. What kind of mood, like it tells you a lot about how the students are engaging with their reading when you just see how talkative they are and how like they're, in a good mood or a bad mood you get a vibe from that and really just tuning into that and also by the kinds of responses they're giving when they're reporting back to the class and also by how quickly they're going through their books. Uh, I try to pay attention to what books they're reading and where they are in their books. I have some co-workers that actually chart it all out. That's too much for me to manage. I can't go around with a clipboard, but if a kid's been on reading the same book for two months, you can see that they're not as engaged as you would like them to be. So paying attention to how quickly they're moving through things and the, the atmosphere in the classroom and the kinds of conversations that they're having tells you a lot more than you think. So you shared with us that the relationship leads to engagement, leads to
0: this freedom to express themselves, and also your willingness to say, I I don't walk around with a clipboard and chart it. That may be right for you, but it's okay in my classroom to not do it. And to know you're such a data driven teacher and you feel like this is an important part of your classroom even though this particular little tiny slice of your day isn't charted is really reassuring and I think will be helpful to a, a lot of people who are listening today.
1: Anything else you wanna share with us, Jesse, before we wrap up today? I would just, yeah, I, this quote, this final quote from Engagement by Design, is just, I, I love the idea of trusting my students and, engaging with them in that way. And that when I focus on building relationships with them, making it clear what the expectations are, and then letting them choose a book that is something that they're interested in with some guidance, I really feel like it hits very well, like the three elements uh, that they talk about, engagement by design, the relationships, clarity, and challenge. And when I focus on those things, the students are engaged and it's magical, it it really is such a fun part of the day.
0: I wanna thank you for coming and sharing that with us today. I know lots of people, as I said, are gonna really benefit from this. There will probably be some who will watch this recording and will want to reach out to you with questions. Is that all right with
1: you if they do that? Absolutely, I would love to. Yeah, they can just get in contact with you um, and- uh... help make that happen. Fantastic. Yeah. What a resource.
0: Thank you so much for being willing to do that. And I hope some great classroom relationships are formed and strengthened, both between students and students and teachers and students in literature. And I, I really look forward to hearing from people who listened in, how they deploy it and, and what happens there. For those of you who are listening in, if you enjoyed our conversation with Jesse today, you can join us next month, where we'll have another teacher here talking about next school year's kickoff. If you can believe it, we already have to start thinking about that. And we also have two author chats coming up, one with Jacqueline Guest and one with Gary Robinson, two authors from Native Voices. We'll send more details about those along with the link to this recording out soon. And we look forward to seeing you with us again soon. Take care.